Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders. Was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. What is up, everyone? Welcome to this edition of There Can Only Be One, the podcast that puts together the all-star best of playlists of your favorite bands and artists. And we have a killer episode for you today because we are talking about the one and only Foo Fighters. And here to join me on this Foo journey is my lovely wife, Carrie. Carrie, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Now, the qualifier, is that like... The killer studio that they recorded the Hail Satan <laughs> <laughs> album in. I, I actually, no, it wasn't the Hail Satan one. Remember, this was supposed to be the Dream Widow one. So, uh-huh. yeah, no, we are not. We are not recording this in the middle of Studio Six Six Six. We are not about to go on a twenty-five minute epic scream metal journey. No, no, and no. We are talking about the actual Foo Fighters, and we have a lot to get through because we are about to go through fifteen different studio albums and EPs. Now. As always, we are not doing any live albums or best ofs. And I need to put this out there right now. And I know our good friend Sean Faust, who has been on the show before, is going to agree with me on this one. Because when we put it out there that we were doing an episode on the Foo Fighters, Sean wrote in a tweet, wheels, wheels, wheels. The problem and Sean knows this problem because he's been down this road before, is that Wheels was only released on the Foo Fighters' Greatest Hits album. And I feel that pain because Mm -hmm. I I need to, I'm going to put this out there right now, that had this song been eligible, Wheels might have actually been my only one. Oh, wow. That's a key statement right there. So I... I want to break the rules, but we can't break the rules because rules be rules. So you make the rules. I know. And I have to live and die by the rules. And unfortunately, I mean, I'm with Sean on this one. Wheels is such a good song, but it just does not qualify. But it needed to be put out there that that song is that good, but it's not going to be mentioned because it's on the greatest hits. God damn it. Making it tough. <laughs> now, we are also not touching the Dream Widow album, which, of course, came from the Studio 666 movie that we just talked about. But here's the thing. That album is pretty much just Dave Grohl. I, I know uh, Rami Jaffe has also done some work on that, but it's just Dave. And even though the very first Foo Fighters album is just Dave... At this point in the game, Dream Widow is not a Foo Fighters album, even though it came from the Foo Fighters movie. And we're also going to be skipping the Foo Files EPs, because at some point you got to draw a line. Otherwise, we're going to be here for days and days and days. Okay, but can we talk about the lullaby renditions of Foo Fighters? We're not doing the the Rockabye Rockabye Baby. And (laughs) and the 8-bit Foo Fighters compilation. So we're not doing any remixes or tribute albums either. So no. Boo. Boo. Okay, but I do want to give a listen to that 8-bit 
you know, album because that is uh, that's whoo <laughs> someday that's intriguing someday someone's gonna be really cruel to us and say you should do a rockabye baby episode <gasps> no oh let's do that do you realize how many rockabye baby cds there are out there like we're gonna be here for like 24 hours just talking about rockabye baby i know and some of the artists that they cover too is like oh wow but the idea like- is for those albums to put you to sleep and so at some point we're gonna fall asleep doing it isn't there a tool there is cover, yeah. I mean, that and that's well, Tool makes sense, but can you imagine like a Slipknot Rockabye Baby? I think there's a Hollywood Undead that would be fascinating edition. and scary at the same time. But, I think so. But let's get back to the Foo Fighters here. By the way, we also have a lot of shout outs that came in, uh, not just from, from people out there on social media, but a bunch of our fellow pantheon podcasters. So we're going to be shouting everyone as much as humanly possible, and we're going to start. With the first Foo Fighters album, released July 4th, 1995. Now, this album is pretty much just Dave Grohl doing everything, except for the slide guitar part on Ecstatic that was done by Greg Dooley. The album hit number 23 in the U.S. It is platinum in the U.S., U.K., and Canada. There were four singles off of this one. This Is A Call was the highest charting and hit number two on the U.S. alt-rock charts. It was also nominated for Best Alternative Music Performance at the Grammys that year. However, the album lost, and Dave Grohl can't really complain about this one, lost to Nirvana for MTV Unplugged. Now let's get to some of the shoutouts here. The Itch Rock Radio podcast went with I'll Stick Around, as did Brian Colburn from My Weekly Mixtape. Tom Giuliotti from the Shout It Out Loud cast went with Alone and an Easy Target. Eric Nash from the Feels Like Weezer and Almost Famous Minute podcast went with Good Grief. And Baco from the Cobra and Fire podcast went with This Is A Call. So off of this first Foo album, what did you go with? I have to agree with a lot of those picks. Um, and siding with uh, with one, I picked Alone and an Easy Target. That's a good song. It's a great song. But the thing is, this album... Is really tough to 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 choose from because it's it's a banger. Like yeah. all the way through, it's a banger. But it gets it gets more challenging yeah. as we go. And the thing <laughs> is, we know that this album is very much um, a catharsis, you know, because this was basically what Dave did to kind of get over uh, Kurt Cobain's death and that, to try and kind of get back into things. Like he needed to do something, so this album just had to be just an not just a, a musical release, but an emotional release, putting it out there. Um, and I know when it came out, like, it was a big deal. Like, I remember, you know, when I was in my band at the time and we would go on the road and all that, this album got played a lot in the, in, in the car at the time. Uh, for my pick, though, I'm going to side with both the Itch Rock Radio podcast and with Brian Colburn. I'm going to go with I'll Stick Around. Now, it's not the greatest video but the song definitely trumps everything that came out visually for that great song just a banger of a song the nice thing too is we've also seen them a bunch live so we have a lot of these songs that that we've had the live experience as well so yeah we're coming at this not just from the album perspective but also from the live perspective because let's be honest foo fighters kill live 
We now move on to The Color and the Shape, released May 20th, 1997. The band at this point now, now it's a full band, Dave Grohl, Pat Smear on guitar, Nate Mandel on bass, and William Goldsmith was the drummer at the time, but Dave Grohl is credited with some of the drum parts. Now, Goldsmith did play drums on Doll and Up in Arms, and if you saw the Back and Forth documentary, uh, this is where Dave kind of admitted that, you know, him and William like he he overstepped his role in the band and William Goldsmith didn't feel comfortable in that and that's kind of what led to William Goldsmith leaving the band and keep in mind too this is also now where Taylor Hawkins starts to come in after that so you know this is it's a big album but probably some not so good recording memories for the members of the time but the album hit number 10 in the u.s it is platinum in the u.s australia uk and canada there were three singles off of this one ever long peaked to the highest hitting number three on the u.s alternative charts now at the grammys and by the way they've been nominated for so many awards so we've narrowed it down to just the grammys because again at some point you have to draw a line and I'm just going to sit there and say if you want to see every single award that they were nominated for or won just go to Wikipedia that's pretty much it just like I did but for the Grammys that year they were nominated for best rock album they lost to John Fogarty for Blue Moon Swamp and Monkey Wrench was nominated for best hard rock performance they lost to the Smashing Pumpkins for the end is the beginning is the end now to the shout outs the itch rock radio podcast tom from the shouted out loudcast and eric from feels like weezer went with everlong and both brian and Baco went with monkey wrench so off of this album carrie what you got none of the above i went with wind up Ooh, on this one yeah there's just something about the energy the just intensity of this song um that i mean it's it's impossible to ignore monkey wrench is good don't get me wrong it has that moment that it crescendos to um but i think wind up is just from start to finish like a solid wall of energy and sound and so that's why i went with wind up you know what's funny at no point did anyone mention My Hero. And there's there's a song that got played a lot, like a lot, like still to this day, a lot. And it's a great song, but maybe it's one of those cases where, and let's be honest, same thing with Everlong, some of the songs on this album do get overplayed because they are some of the Foo Fighters' biggest songs of all time. But of all the songs that have been picked at this point, none of them are my pick for the color and the shape. I ended up going with Hey Johnny Park off of this one. Now, you know me. I like a song with some dynamics to it. And yes, Everlong has those dynamics. Yes, you know, My Hero has those dynamics too. But to me, Hey Johnny Park is actually the more complete song of all of them on this album. But again, this album... Like, front to back, this album just slays. Well, that's what made, you know, choosing one off of each album very challenging. But I think you'll find, as my picks come to light, that I I strayed away, personally, from a lot of the overplayed radio 
hits, you know, the the Foo Fighters greatest hits album. That's not for me. That's not my it's not my foo. Like <laughs> I like I like the deep B cuts. Like I like the underdog. <laughs> I, I get that. I get that. And then the other thing too is when you have a band that is as big as the Foo Fighters, and let's be honest, you could make an argument that they are potentially the biggest active rock band out there today. Well, their sound is so incredibly diverse Mm. because they can go from like, again, a song like Wind Up where they hit you with a wall of sound to something way more melodic and also uh, turn and, and, you know, produce a song that appeals to the masses and that, you know, radios are picking up because everybody no matter what genre of music that you like, everybody can get behind or find themselves singing to um, it, really most of the Foo Fighters like greatest hits or, or the radio play releases. Oh yeah, no, they they are in no way a one trick pony. So that's, this is, you're, you're going to get a lot, I think, diverse picks, I think, from this. And the other thing too is that when people listen to a band like the Foo Fighters, they listen to it potentially for different reasons like we already know from doing the show that you and I listen to music very very differently so we'll be curious to see if we at all pick (laughs) the same song we might not agree and that's 15 albums of not picking (laughs) I'm curious now I'm, I'm going to put it out there that the over under is one and I don't think we're going to have more than one pick sync up I'm just curious now if we're going to have more than one of the same uh, one of the same picks. I don't know. As she looks over the list very mm. quickly, I, I would say maybe two. Okay, so I, you're going to say two, maybe two. Okay, yeah. well, well, we shall see. We shall see. Let's continue to test this theory with "There Is Nothing Left to Lose," released November second, nineteen ninety nine. Obviously, member change on this one. Taylor Hawkins is now on drums. The album peaked at number 10 in the U.S. It is double platinum in Australia and Britain, platinum in the U.S. and Canada. There were five singles off of this one. Learn to Fly marked their first ever number one single on the U.S. alternative charts. This album won for Best Rock Album at the Grannies. Learn to Fly won for Best Short Form Video and was nominated for Best Rock Performance by a duo or group with vocal. They lost to Beautiful Day by you two getting to the shout outs here the itch rock radio podcast Baco from the cobra and fire podcast both went with stacked actors brian colburn from my weekly mixtape and eric nash from feels like weezer both went with breakout and tom from shouted out loudcast went with headwires so off of there is nothing left to lose what did you go with I, th- I think I know what you went with. but <laughs> You know what? I want to know what you went with because I am in agreement with, one, with of some. The, one of the write-in picks. I have a feeling this is the one time when you and I are definitely going to sync up because I ended up going with stacked actors off of this one. Me too. I figured this was <laughs> the one. After, after this, I don't know. Yeah, but okay. I think stacked actors, I mean, this song is such a banger. It's funny because this was not the one that I would have seen 
coming that that would have been our our mutual pick the thing with this album though is and maybe it's just me but after like the first three songs the rest of the album kind of dropped off but and maybe it's also the fact that those first three songs are so good that everything else pales in comparison but if you're comparing like the cherry on the cake to the icing to the actual cake within i'm getting hungry with this analogy then well there you go (laughs) then the cake the cake is getting the raw deal because it's up against like icing and yummy maraschino cherries with white chocolate shavings i mean come on is this, are we now a food podcast? Let's get cake. <laughs> there can only be one dessert. <laughs> but seriously, you're comparing like something that's good on its own. It's great, but you put it with, you know, something that's better and even better. And then it doesn't, it just doesn't stand out. Well, Stacked Actors definitely stood out that on this does. album. We now move on to 2002 and October 22nd and the release of One by One. We have a member addition at this point. Chris Shiflett is now on guitar. This album also had some guest musicians on it. Brian May from Queen, Greg Bissonette, and Chris Novoselic, of course, from Nirvana, all contributed parts to this album. It hit number one in Australia, Ireland, and the UK and peaked at number three in the US. It is triple platinum in the uk double platinum in australia and platinum in the u.s and canada there were four singles off of this one all my life was the highest charting hit number one on the u.s alternative charts at the grammys in 2003 all my life won for best hard rock performance and was nominated for best rock song but lost to the rising by bruce springsteen and at the 2004 grammys It won for Best Rock Album. Times Like These was also nominated for Best Rock Performance by a group or duo with vocal. Once again, Bruce Springsteen steals their thunder. They lost to Disorder in the House by Bruce Springsteen and Warren Zevon. To the shoutouts, the It's Rock Radio podcast and Brian Colburn both went with All My Life. Eric Nash and Baco both went with Tired of You. And Tom went with Times like these so to you off of one by one what is your one i went with none of those none of the above Ooh. i went with come back Ooh, what is it about that one you know what um it it was the one that stood out the most for me and as you know um my reason for picking foo fighters is i had lovingly and very meticulously put together my own greatest hits of Foo Fighters or my own best of. And this song was always included. I just always keep coming back to it, literally. Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. And the nice thing too, by the way, dear listeners, is that if you like our picks, you can actually go to our website at notthatbadcast.com and go to the There Can Only Be One page. And on each episode's page, you're going to see a Spotify playlist of all the songs in both of our playlists. So if you're curious to, if, if we mentioned songs that you may not have heard of before, you can go to our website and hear those songs. And by the way, since it's their album that's being linked, uh, they get the play counts too. So help support the artists while you're at our website. It's a win-win situation. For me, though, I sided with the Itch Rock Radio podcast. I went with Brian. 
I went with all my life. Now, I have to put this out there. You all know, because I've mentioned it on the show before, that I'm in a band. And we have, in the past, played all my life. (laughs) A, it's a fun song as hell to play. Fun as hell. Do yourself a favor, down-tune it, though. Because when we got to the bridge... You know, the whole gone, gone on to the next one part. We were playing that one night. And we were putting our all into it. And I could feel the veins in my forehead. Feel like they were about to burst. Because we we were. We were playing it hard and in standard tuning. <sighs> After the song was done, I could... I could you know when they, you feel like you're going to pass out? You can see the gray around the eyes. And I'm on stage, and it's like, ooh, we might want to tune that one down. But it's a fun song to play. It really is, and it goes over so well. We now get to In Your Honor, released June 14th of 2005. The album hit number one in Australia and New Zealand and peaked at number two in the U.S. It is four times platinum in New Zealand, triple platinum in Australia and Canada, double platinum in the U.K. and Ireland, and platinum in the U.S. There are four singles off of this one. Both Best of You and DOA hit number one on the U.S. alternative charts, and Best of You also hit number one on the mainstream rock charts. At the Grammys that year, it was nominated for Best Rock Album. It lost to How to Dismantle a Bomb by U2. Best of You was nominated for Best Rock Song. They lost to City of Blinding Lights by U2, and they were nominated for Best Rock Performance by a group or duo with vocal. They lost to Sometimes You Can't Make It On Your Own by U2. So, you, Bono's not sharing nothing with them. Virginia Moon was also nominated for Best Collaboration with Vocals. They did that song with Nora Jones. They lost to Feel Good Inc. They lost to Feel Good Inc. by Gorillaz and De La Soul. To the shoutouts now for In Your Honor. The It Rock Radio podcast, Brian Colburn and Tom Giliotti all went with No Way Back. Eric Nash went with Cold Day in the Sun and Baco went with DOA. So off of In Your Honor, what have you got? Cold Day in the Sun. Absolutely, like without a doubt, this song, it's, I mean, to me, it's everything. It's, this is the song that stands out on this album. Mm. And it should be noted too, like like this is where you get to hear just how good a singer Taylor Hawkins is, right? There are videos out there of the Foo Fighters when he was alive, playing live and doing Queen covers. And Taylor would like come out from behind the kit and take the mic and take the lead vocals. And he's such a good lead singer. I would have loved to have heard more. Like, mm. they're, like I, I mean... They have so many albums that it would have been great if there were more recordings. Well, he did a number of like little side projects. Uh, there was Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders, and of course there was uh, Chevy Metal. So there is an ample body of work out there to hear him sing, but it was so good to hear. And and I thought this was going to be an easy album. I, I looked at the track listing initially. And I'm like, oh yeah, Cold Day in the Sun's not a problem at all, right? Could be the song. It wasn't. DOA is my pick off of this one. And Interesting. apparently, I, I have to ask, what is it about that song? 
when it comes to the Foo Fighters and their hard hitters, right? Like they have this, ha- not this habit, but this ability to put songs there where you're like, this feels like such a rager and you want to play it live. And they're deceptively hard songs to play live. Like when you take a look at it and you try to break it down, it's like, okay, it should be okay. It should be okay. And then you try to sing it. There's a reason why the Foo Fighters are as good as they are. It's because of what they do on some of these songs. And DOA is such a killer hard hitter. You know what I think I would have loved is to hear like Dave Grohl doing like the, not not guttural by any means, because but doing the heavier and having Taylor Hawkins had like sing, you know, and just have that like kind of dueling like, I think that would have been absolute perfection. Well, I mean, Taylor does do a lot of backup vocals as well. So, mm-hmm. you know. the. the but to have that flip, like yeah. that would have been, you know, it's kind of like, again. I mean, if they had taken a song like an Under Pressure and, you know, Taylor do one part and Dave do the other, that that would have been a really, really cool cover to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of covers, by the way, we now go to the five songs and a cover EP. This was released November 20th, 2005 and sold exclusively at Best Buy stores. It featured some B-sides, demo versions of songs and a live track. So it, you get a mishmash of songs that are there. But off of five songs and a cover, what have you got? Well, actually, I'm going to turn this one over to you. And I want to know your pick and then i'm gonna go on a tangent <laughs> okay what did you pick this album this ep for me is a saving grace oh let me put it out there okay so we have our rule that we're not doing live albums which meant that i couldn't pick the live version of skin and bones from the Skin and Bones album. However, on the CP is the studio version of Skin and Bones. So, if you haven't figured out that I'm picking Skin and Bones off of this one, you've figured it out now. Skin and Bones, when I first heard it off of the uh, off the live album, I was like, what is this song? This has got such a cool... I don't want to say campfire vibe, but definitely a cottage vibe, like a cottage jam type type vibe. And, you know, in that acoustic live setting, it it sang. I don't know what it is, but the melody, it just sang to me. That's interesting because I really struggled with this album more than I thought that I would. When I gave it a listen through, I was like, okay, I'm going to go skin and bones. That was my immediate go to. And then I'm like, mm, nah. When I gave FFL a listen, I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> so I I wound up as a default picking Best of You. And this is truly my only go-to for... Actually, no, that that is, that is not true. I was going to say that this is my only go-to for a radio play. But then I look ahead on my list. And that's technically not true technically not true technically not true but in this particular case um i had to go with best of you and it was kind of more of a default thing and i don't know if it's because they were live versions that it kind of 
to me took away from how the song should sound. So that's interesting because sometimes the live version to me brings a song alive. Only if you see it live and you get that energy. No, I, I'm going to argue that one here because I remember when we did the Kiss episode, um, a lot of the songs that I ended up picking off of Kiss albums were sold to me through the Kiss MTV Unplugged performance or through mm-hmm. an alive performance. Well, I mean, true, right? Nirvana, Alice in Chains. Right. Like, well, I mean, those are classic. Yeah, I mean, like, when you think about uh, Nirvana's Unplugged version of All Apologies, it far surpasses the studio version. You know, so, so now, I will admit... Sometimes a live version can take away from the studio version. And there is actually a point in the, that we're going to get to talk about later in the show where the live version both took away from the studio version and enhanced the studio version in the same album. So we'll get to that one in a little bit. But yeah, no, I mean, best of you... And the the good thing is this gives you a chance to actually pick Best of You because you haven't picked that song yet. Um, recorded live at the Court Festival in Norway. And really, that song, live, no matter where you hear it, no matter what the weather, no matter what size the arena, Best of You has the entire place singing. And it's always good. We now move on to Echoes, Silence, Patience, and Grace. Released September 25th, 2007, the album hit number one in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and the UK, and hit number three in the US. It is double platinum in Australia, New Zealand, and the UK, platinum in the US, Ireland, and Canada. There were four singles off of this one. The Pretender, Long Road to Ruin, and Let It Die all hit number one on the U.S. alternative charts, and The Pretender also hit number one on the mainstream rock charts. Now, at the Grammys, the album won for Best Rock Album. It was nominated for Album of the Year, but they lost to River, The Joni Letters by Herbie Hancock. The Pretender also won the Best Hard Rock Performance Grammy, and they were nominated for Record of the Year, Lost to Rehab by Amy Winehouse, and they were nominated for Best Rock Song once again, losing to Bruce Springsteen for Radio Nowhere. Damn it, Bruce. God damn it, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce and Bono, geez, seriously. Now, to the shout-outs here. Brian, Tom, Eric, and Baco all went with The Pretender. The Itch Rock Radio Podcast is the only outlier on that one they chose let it die but off of echoes silence patience and grace what did you go with i'm gonna go with the popular vote i also chose the pretender okay i mean how can you not oh my god and again this is the anomaly on my list this is where i have to side with and agree with the popular vote with the you know the greatest hit Oh, look at you all peer pressure and stuff. (laughs) No, it's just a damn good song. Although Long Road to Ruin is really good as well. Long Road to Ruin really made it hard not to pick it as the song. I thought, you know, again, going into this album, you know, The Pretender, good song. Long Road to Ruin, phenomenal song. But then you get to Cheer Up Boys, Your Makeup is Running. 
this one. <laughs> it's so much fun. So, so much fun. And just an absolute straight banger. And the thing is, again, maybe it's one of those situations where the song is not as big as some of the others. So when you do that deep dive and you go back and you listen to it, you, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, this one. And it, it feels almost fresher because it's not ever played on Sirius or on any other radio station. You know, it's it's new, even though it's old. It's new old. It's old. It's old. It's old. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to take another listen because I believe I might have skipped that one. And now I'm wondering if I've... If you did skip that one, then you skipped a damn good one. I think I did. Mm, shame. No, that's later. Well, that's later in the in the list. It was <laughs> it was up against the pretender. So what are you going to do? And that's the thing, you know. And you know, it's part of the fun of and pain of this podcast is when you get to albums like this, and you can only pick one. You're like, oh. like I I admit on this one, I was so hung up between Long Road to Ruin and the Pretender that it was like nothing else really qualified. Like. It wasn't on my radar. Mm-hmm. So I'm, when I did my listen, I kept flipping between the two and I'm like, okay, I have to pick one. So Yeah. Uh, and admittedly, yeah. in some cases, you look at an album and you know. You don't even have to go back and, and, and ask. You just know. For me, that's this next album. Wasting Light, released April 12th, 2011. Pat Smear is back in the band full-time at this point now, so we have a member edition. The album hit number one in at least eight countries. It was double platinum in Australia, and platinum in the U.S., U.K., Germany, Canada, and New Zealand. There were six singles off of this one. Both Rope and Walk hit number one on the U.S. alternative, mainstream rock, and rock charts. At the Grammys... The album won for Best Rock Album and was nominated for Album of the Year, lost to 21 by Adele. Walk won for Best Rock Performance and Best Rock Song. White Limo won for Best Hard Rock Heavy Metal Performance. And the Foo Fighters Back and Forth documentary won for Best Long Form Music Video. And I I have to agree, that documentary was so freaking good. To the shoutouts now, the Itch Rock Radio Podcast went with Bridge Burning, Brian went with Elantria, Tom went with Walk, Eric went with I Should Have Known, and Baco went with White Limo. So you've got five picks from out there. Five different songs. So now comes to you, Wasting Light. Do we get a sixth song, or are you siding with one of them? Well, this is actually tearing me apart. Right now. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> it really is. Because, um, you know what? As much as I really want to pick White Limo, I got to go with Dear Rosemary. Okay. I mean, how could you not? It is just, and I think it is because of the documentary. It is because of Back and Forth that I'm choosing this. Because they show in the studio the recording mm-hmm. of this song, and it's just like, I, I mean, it, it, it was, it was uh, bringing Bob Mould into uh, into the fold to to do that that duet part. Yeah. You know, Dave taking his fifteen minute lyric break, you know, and trying to you know tell his daughter, no, no, I gotta do, I gotta do fifteen minute, I gotta write these words, you know, and and that's 
watching that documentary, there was just something so for lack of a better term, wholesome about the recording process for this album. And I I think that really translated into the songs that you hear. And this is where I have to sit here and say that I was wrong. I was wrong because for the second time we line up, I went with Dear Rosemary as well. See, I knew you would. That was the one... That was the one that I knew yeah. that we would agree on. I mean, I I knew you would probably lean on stacked actors. This album, I don't know. Because, I mean, I know there's a few other songs you like on this. But to me, Wasting Light, I think, is their most complete album. You know, yes, the color and the shape is good. Yes, the first album is great. Wasting Light is... There are no weak spots. There's no drop whatsoever. This is no skips. We now get to Medium Rare, released April 16th of 2011. It's a covers album, so we're going to have some fun with this one here. And most of the covers had appeared as B-sides or on soundtracks. However, two of the songs on here had never been released. Their covers of Bad Reputation by Thin Lizzy and This Will Be Our Year by The Zombies. Off of Medium Rare... Because we have no shout-outs. You can't hide behind, you know, that, that little bit of extra time. What did you go with? Oh, I'm ready. Can I just say that I am so grateful for this album? Because when I had picked the Foo Fighters, I literally thought... Now, A, I wasn't familiar with this album, so I thought for sure that my absolute... Oh, no, I can't say that. My absolute favorite. <laughs> oh, okay. Way to let the cat out of the bag. The rest of the show is downhill from here, but that's okay. This has been, um, there can only be one. Thanks for listening. <laughs> it's been good. It's been great. Um, the song that I really wanted to mention is Down in the Park. And knowing that it was, um, it was uh, originally on the X-Files soundtrack. X-Files soundtrack, I thought for sure that I won't be able to talk about it today. But then I found out that it is on this album. I actually never even heard of Medium Rare, to be honest. It was never on my radar. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, I personally, you know, every now and then, you know, as I'm prepping the episodes and all that, you sit there and go, I didn't even know this album existed. Well, this is one of those cases where I didn't even know this album existed. And now I'm happy that I know that it existed. And I know, I know you were, you were hurting because when the no soundtrack rule comes in and you're like, but, but, but that's my favorite song. But, but down <laughs> in the park, you know, it was on the album songs in the key of X. It was also a B side on the monkey wrench single. So it had been out there for a while I'm glad you mentioned that you're happy this album exists because you could pick that song. I'm happy this album exists so I can pick Have a Cigar. Their cover of Pink Floyd's wonderful, wonderful tune. The fact that they have Brian May with them on this song, huge. This originally appeared on the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack, which I'm not going to lie... That soundtrack, all the way through, freaking love that soundtrack. Because not only do you have Metallica and Tori Amos and Foo Fighters, but even some of the the smaller bands, the lesser known bands like Diffuser and their song Karma, like this, that album 
kills. That soundtrack is amazing. So the fact that we could pick our songs, our soundtrack songs, thanks to Medium Rare, that's AAA right there. Sorry, I had to make the steak joke. Had to make the steak joke. Moving on back to original music, we get to Sonic Highways, released November 10th. 2014. The album hit number one in Australia and peaked at number two in the US. It is platinum in the US, Australia, New Zealand, and Canada. There were five singles off of this one. Something from Nothing hit number one on the US alternative and mainstream rock charts, and Congregation also hit number one on the mainstream rock charts. At the Grammys, Something from Nothing was nominated for Best Rock Performance. They lost to Don't Want to Fight from Alabama Shakes. And they were nominated for Best Music Film. They lost to Amy, the Amy Winehouse documentary. To the shoutouts, Brian Colbert went with Something from Nothing. Tom Giliotti went with I Am A River. Eric Nash went with Outside. And Baco also picked I Am A River. So off of Sonic Highways, what did you go with? I went with What Did I Do? God Is My Witness. Okay. Yeah. They're, oh, this song is just haunting? No, it's just, it's really, really good. It's really good. There are only eight songs on this album. Six, technically. Five, but six. Were released as singles. And of the songs that were picked as well, you know, I Am A River, of course, was not a single either. So, literally... We're pretty much left, it feels like, within the clear, which is exactly the song that I picked. Now, this one, it's a it's a good mid-tempo rocker. And, you know, sometimes I like the bangers, sometimes I like the slow songs, but in the clear, to me, really stood out on this one. And that's despite the fact that, you know, when they put this album out, of course, there was the the series that they put out to go with this, the, the companion series, because... Each of the songs were recorded at a different studio, and each episode followed the recording of one of those songs. And I was absolutely fascinated um, with the one that happened in Seattle. And of course, I think that's where they recorded something from nothing. But to me, in the clear, is the best song on this album. That's not taken away from any of the singles or any of the other picks. It just sold it for me absolutely sold it that's right i remember that documentary because i have visited sun record studios Mm -hmm. um when um when i was traveling and um it was just you know it was so cool right because of the history in that studio but then to think that the foo's gave it almost a new life like mm-hmm. took it from you know the tourist attraction you know like where it kind of literally you're walking through and it's cool because it's like a no longer utilized studio really like they preserved um for the most part the main recording uh part of it um but yeah it, it just kind of gave it a new a new energy I mean, when you think about how much soundproofing is in some of those rooms, and of course, soundproofing, of course, is an absorbent material. I always like to think of it that a little bit of the magic that's, that gets recorded in every music studio gets soaked up into that sponge. So, Oh, I love that. Yeah. And we'll, we'll just leave it at that because 
every studio and then you know having done an album and having gone through that recording process it's it's a wonderful experience and i i miss recording and you know if ever given the chance again yeah i'll grab my bass hop into a studio and just sign me up just sign me up we now move on to the saint cecilia ep released november 23rd 2015 rami jaffe is now an official member of the band at this point despite having worked on a number of foo fighters albums prior to this the album peaked at numbers 117 in the u.s only one single title track saint cecilia topped out at number three on the mainstream rock charts there are no shout outs from this album so we go straight to you off of saint cecilia what'd you go with i went with the title track saint cecilia yeah this the album kind of starts and ends really with that song so we lock up again saint cecilia is my pick as well i mean it's a it's a good track it's a very very good track but and it's a short list because of course it's an ep there's not as many songs on there it just it really tapered off right after that as far as that album goes and that's not a knock on the band that's not a knock on the rest of the songs just again personal preference sometimes you can spoil the it's like eating dessert before dinner right you can eat the best part of the meal of, of the or the best course of the meal and then after everything afterwards it's like yeah, it was okay it was good could have been great but in comparison it's just okay moving on to concrete and gold released september 15 2017 the album hit number one pretty much everywhere except for germany where it only hit number two it is platinum in australia there were three singles off of this one run and the skies neighborhood both hit number one on the mainstream rock charts at the grammys run won for best rock song and was nominated for best rock performance but they lost to you want it darker by leonard cohen to the shout outs here brian went with the skies and neighborhood tom went with run eric went with sunday rain and baka went with dirty water so we got four completely different picks there off of concrete and gold what did you go with well, I agree with one of them. I'm curious if you know which one. I'm going to say, I mean, if I have to guess, I'm going to guess that it's the song. Oh, geez. <laughs> I think you're going to say The Sky is a Neighborhood. I think I am too. Aha, I called it. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, it's it's definitely one of my go-tos. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I listen to this album, um, it, it is, it, it's, it's on my playlist. Um, so it's a go-to and it's just, it's so good. Like there's just something about, I don't know, the, the power, the command of this song. Like it, it's, it's just intense. The intensity of this song. Can I be honest about this album for a second here? I didn't like it. Mm. I'm, I'm not a fan of this album. Are you allowed to say that? I I think it's fair to say that you're not, you, you cannot, you don't have to like everything that an artist puts out. Now, that being said, there are some standouts on this album. Sunday Rain and The Line both kind of stood out for me. I ended up going with The Line. But I remember 
when this album came out and I was driving up to, I was actually bringing my mother to go see Krista Berg at a concert. And on the way there, they were premiering this album on the radio station. And at the time that they were, that we tuned into the radio, uh, they were playing the song Concrete and Gold. And I'm just listening, like, oh, hey, they're, they're debuting new Foo. Okay, this should be good. This should be good. And I'm listening to it. I'm like, what is this crap? <sighs> now, keep in mind, at the time we tuned in, it was maybe the sludgiest song on the album. So, right off the bat, I didn't have a good experience with this album. Going back and listening to it again, I'm like, okay, some songs, okay. The line stood out, absolutely. And Sunday Rain um, had some good dynamics to it. But all in all, if, again, being honest, and it's, again, this is nothing against the body of work, but this is an album I wouldn't put on if given a choice to put on a Foo album. I'm curious, though, because I know there are times when you and I, well, a lot of times we have very differing opinions on what our, the good songs are. What was your overall opinion of Concrete and Gold? I think really I have to agree with you in that it wasn't an album that was a standout for me. But this song, I mean, for me, it's The Sky is the Neighborhood. Just because, again, it just has that... Um, I don't know. It, it, it's a powerful song. It, I think vocally, I think musically, it just catches me. I mean, I'll give credit where credit is due. The backup vocals on that song really do stand out. But as a whole, the song didn't inspire. But again, that's just personal opinion. I know there's people out there who do love Concrete and Gold and all the power to you. You know, you can like it as much as another person doesn't like it and it's all... Fair. But now let's move on to Medicine at Midnight. The album was released February 5th, 2021 and hit number one in multiple countries, but only hit number three in the US. It is gold in the UK and there were five singles off of this one. Shame Shame, Waiting on a War and Making a Fire all hit number one on the mainstream rock charts. Making a Fire won for Best Rock Performance and Waiting on a War won for Best Rock Song and the album won for Best Rock Album. So they swept what they were nominated for at the Grammys that year. Taking to the internets, the Itch Rock Radio Podcast and Eric Nash went with Shame Shame. Brian went with No Son of Mine. Tom went with Medicine at Midnight. And Baco went with Waiting on a War. So off of Medicine at Midnight, what did you go with? I went with Shame Shame. It's a good song. It's a really good song. I, You know what? I think it's it's fun. It was almost kind of like Prince inspired. Like it, it just kind of had that like, not disco vibe, but like. No, we'll get to the disco later. R&B kind of vibe. I don't know. It was. It was fun. It was fun and it caught my attention. So I remember when this album came out and Dave Grohl was, of course, doing like the press rounds and whatnot. He described this album as, if I remember correctly, like kitchen rock. 
like songs you could play around the kitchen. And I could hear some of these songs kind of in that context, like very just kind of hang around the house with your friends, you know, playing a guitar kind of thing. Shame, def- shame, shame definitely feels like one of those songs. Not my pick, though. I ended up going with Medicine at Midnight. Again, very, very cool groove. Uh, backup singers, tons of texture to this song. Like, it, it was a little funky. I'm not going to lie. I like the funk in it. And I did note that, that the songs just kind of seemed a little bit more groovy. Yeah. Groovalicious. And the nice thing too is Medicine of Midnight, to me, is a better album than Concrete and Gold. So, you know, they had that little bit of a dip and then they come back and boom, all of a sudden, yep, yep, Foo, Foo Fighters are back and there's nothing wrong with that. I think at this point in their career, like... They were doing whatever the hell they wanted. They are. They, 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 they can. Yeah. They they had, you know, they have a solid enough career that they can have fun with it. And they do. On to the next. <laughs> right. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So, I mean, also, too, when you realize that they're coming up on, like, 30 years of foo. Like, it's, it's creeping up and it's creeping up fast. So, here's hoping that we get a very big... Foo Fighters 30th celebration when we get to that point. But speaking of fun, let's talk some fun here. Hail Satin, as released by the DGs? No, it's it's the Foo Fighters. This was a record store day release, released on July 17th, 2021. The album is basically covers of BG songs and some live tracks from the Medicine at Midnight tour and peaked at number 27 in the US. And I remember... This was the record store day that you and I sat outside a record store in Hamilton, Ontario, not for this album, not for this album. We were there to pick up a one of those really tiny record players uh, that was like Anthrax branded uh, and sat out all night and it was raining. Okay, but we did pick up this album. Oh, we picked it up. Yes, <laughs> but, but it was cold, it was wet, it was raining. It was, it was Hamilton. wintry. It was. Yeah. But in July. I know. So. Well, it was raining because that's what made it cold. But that's what you do on record store day. Yeah. You sit out there like it's the 80s and 90s and you you treat that record store day with passion. And having stayed up all night, that's really where we got cold and wet. Oh, and exactly. Tired. So before we get too tired here, because we've been going for a bit and we have this album and one more to go. Off of Hail Satin, what did you go with? Well, I'm surprised that particular night I didn't make a fire, but I did choose making a fire. Okay. Uh, see what I did there? I see, I see what you did there. Yeah. Clever. <laughs> I, when it came to the Bee Gees covers, You Should Be Dancing is a pretty good cover, but I... Cannot. I, I I cannot handle the falsetto for that long. And I mean, I like a high pitched singer. I mean, I am a Queensrÿche fan. Even back in the early days, you know, the kind of high pitch that will shatter your crystal. But I could not get through the Bee Gees covers. I couldn't pick them. They were fun. I'm not saying they weren't fun, <laughs> but the falsetto pulled me out of it. Mm-hmm. And just as it did when the actual Bee Gees did it. You know, so this is, you know, I will give credit where credit is due. 
I would rather listen to the Foo Fighters version of um, You Should Be Dancing over the actual Bee Gees version. They definitely killed it. And musically, it sounded like they were having so much fun. But if you remember, I was talking about how the live version can make or break a song, whether it be the studio version or the live version, whatever. So in this case, the live version of Cloud Spotter really sold this song for me. Because I'm listening to this, I'm like, how is this song not a single off of Medicine at Midnight? This song's got some funk to it. Like, just some straight-up funk. And the live version expands upon and builds upon and makes better the studio version from Medicine at Midnight. Like, Cloud Spotter, the live version, I want to see that song live. Absolutely do. And the nice thing is, because Cloud Spotter was an option for me, you know, it was on my short list for Medicine at Midnight, but it just didn't trump the studio version of Medicine at Midnight. The live version of Cloud Spotter is better than the, the studio version, and thankfully, Hale Satin had it on. But now we get to the bittersweet release of our list here. But here we are. Released June 2nd, 2023. This is the first album post the death of Taylor Hawkins. Dave Grohl did perform all the drums on this album. The album hit number one in Australia, New Zealand, the UK, and Switzerland, but only hit number eight in the US. The album thus far is Silver in the UK, and there were five singles off of this one. Rescued and Under You both hit number one on the US alternative and mainstream rock charts. So off of the first post-Taylor Hawkins albums, what did you go with? Oh, this one... This one was really tough. And I say that I'm going to backtrack here. I still remember the day hearing the news reports that Taylor Hawkins passed away. And that sticks with you. Like, kind of like I remember being quite young, teenager. Ah, I'm going to age myself here. The day that Kurt Cobain had passed away and I remember hearing again the news reports and you know it, it just it's one of those things where you know you don't necessarily have to know the person to grieve them and their loss and when I listened to this album my first instinct was I don't know. It was, again, bittersweet, right? You get that that sense of you can really you can really feel for for Dave Grohl in in where he was emotionally when he put this album together, right? And at first listen, I was kind of like. I don't know. It's 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 so personal that I don't know if I could choose one song over another. And then the more I stepped away and thought about it, I thought of how incredibly clever the wording for under you is. 
Because in my mind, and I'm sure that this was Dave Grohl's intention, not to speak on behalf of him, but I have a feeling it's like, okay, you can get over somebody, but he doesn't want to get over Taylor. He wants to kind of get under or like behind him or, you know what I mean? Like, so I thought, how, how incredibly clever is this song, you know? But then as I... Like And I gave it two listens. The first listen, I was kind of like, ooh, I really don't know what my choice is because each song just seems so personal that I don't want to choose one. And then I went through a few songs and read through the lyrics. And then Glass stood out for me. So I think in the end... And I'm not sure if it's because Under You is more radio played or it's a little bit more of the popular choice, but I am going to go with Glass. Okay. You have to think that this album is, you know, part trying to get back to normal and part coping mechanism and part catharsis. And... I was mentally prepared when I sat down to listen to this. I was mentally prepared to hear songs of grieving and songs of of pain. And I think they were still able to get some good music in there as well at the same time as coping. Before I get to my pick, by the way, um, just to get to some of the picks here. The Itch Rock Radio podcast, Tom Giuliani, both went with Show Me How, Brian Colburn and Eric Nash both went with The Teacher and Baca went with Hearing Voices. You started to talk about Under You, which, by the way, is my pick. Absolutely, it's my pick. Musically, definitely my pick. But I want to go through these lyrics here. Just just hear me out on this one. There are times that I need someone. There are times I feel like no one. Sometimes I just don't know what to do. There are days I can't remember. There are days that last forever. Someday, I'll come out from under you. I One can only imagine what they have gone through uh, in losing Taylor. And, you know, the love that was shown to him and them at the Taylor Hawkins Memorial Concerts. Um, it, it was joyous. It was absolutely joyous to see everyone up there and everyone at the shows just you know raise a lighter raise your fist and raise your voice right because these artists you know they they, they reach out and touch you every every song every show they reach out and touch you and you're right you don't have to know them personally we've never met taylor hawkins but we heard him and we felt his music and appreciated every moment. And, you know, I, I hope that the Foo Fighters continue on. You know, there's, there was a lot of speculation. Like, do they continue? Do they, do they move on? I think they're doing what they need to do. You know, they don't need to stop being themselves and doing the things that bring them joy. And I think with this album, they, they did right by Taylor and they, they're doing what they can to move forward. And that's commendable. It's absolutely commendable. 
But we have reached the end of our foo paved road here. So I'm going to let you go through your list, remind us of the songs that you picked, and it's not going to be a surprise, but if there can only be one, what song will it be? Okay. Well, to bring us back to 1995. I feel old. On their Foo Fighters self-titled debut release, I guess. Yeah. Um, Alone and an Easy Target was my choice. On the next uh, album, The Color and the Shape, I chose Wind Up. Um, there is nothing left to lose. I chose Stacked Actors. And One by One, Comeback was my choice. In Your Honor, I had to go with Cold Day in the Sun. On Five Songs and a Cover EP, I chose Best of You. On Echoes, Silence, Patience, and Grace, I went with The Pretender. And from Wasting Light, I had to go with Dear Rosemary. Medium Rare, I chose Down in the Park. On Sonic Highways, I chose What Did I Do, God is My Witness, Combined. Um... From St. Celia, I chose the title track of St. Celia. Concrete and Gold, The Sky is a Neighborhood was my choice. From Medicine at Midnight, I went with Shame Shame. From Hail Satin, the DG's album, I chose Making a Fire. And But Here We Are, I went with Glass. And if there could only be one. And we all know <laughs> right. that I'm going to draw back to um, Grateful for Medium Rare from 2011's release uh, or re-release of Down in the Park. <laughs> that is my only one, without a doubt. All right. So for me, off of the debut self-titled album, I went with I'll Stick Around. From the color and the shape, I went with Hey Johnny Park. From There Is Nothing Left To Lose, I went with Stacked Actors. From One By One, I went with All My Life. From In Your Honor, I went with DOA. From Five Songs and a Cover, I went with Skin and Bones. From Echoes, Silence, Patience and Grace, I went with Cheer Up Boys, Your Makeup Is Running. From Wasting Light, I went with Dear Rosemary. Off of Medium Rare, I went with Have a Cigar. From Sonic Highways, I went with In the Clear. From St. Cecilia, I went with the title track. From Concrete and Gold, I went with The Line. From Medicine and Midnight, I went with the title track. From Hail Satin, I went with Cloud Spotter, the live version. And from But Here We Are, I went with Under You. And since I cannot pick Wheels as my only one because it's not one of the albums that we talked about, but it should be put out there. And you know what? Just because I can't pick it doesn't mean I can't put it in the playlist for the people to listen to. So I'm going to add wheels to my playlist for you, the listeners, who maybe haven't heard that song before. But I can't pick it because it's not one of those songs. So if I have to pick a second best Foo Fighters song, I think I'm going to go. It's a toss up. Like, I'm literally looking at two songs right now because I hadn't actually picked a song because neither of them are wheels. I'm going to go with Dear Rosemary. Okay. It was between this and All My Life, but no. Like, you're right, Dear Rosemary. And again, because we kind of saw the recording process, because we kind of saw... You know, we looked behind the curtain in that documentary and that brought that song a little bit closer to home because 
you know, when you see what goes into it, you kind of appreciate it more. You know, when you see a song live, you kind of appreciate it more. So, dear listeners, go see the band live before you can't go see the band live. Watch those documentaries, enjoy those videos, and listen to that music because before you can't. Don't miss out because there's some good stuff out there. Carrie, thank you so much for going through 15 albums of Foo Fighters. And to you, our listeners, thank you for listening to us talk about 15 albums of Foo Fighters. Now, if there is an artist out there that you want us to cover, make sure you hit us up on social media at only one cast. You can also go to our website at notthatbadcast.com. And while you're there, check out all of our other shows that can be found wherever you get your audio podcast, or you can listen to us on YouTube, depending on how you like to listen to your shows. Drop us a line. Let us know who you want us to cover. And because 2024 is coming up until next time. She's Carrie. I'm Jay. You guys are awesome. This is There Could Only Be One, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Take care. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions, and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.